Everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Carolyn Talks. This is the podcast of YouTube channel where I, your host, Carolyn Hayes, film critic and journalist, speak to film creators from around the world about their work, the industry, and what inspires them. And today, this is one of my special episodes for South by Southwest. Yes, I just finished Sundance and now I'm doing South by Southwest Film Festival. And I'm speaking with filmmaker and writer Caroline Fioretti to talk about her film, uh, My Drywall Cocoon, and with actress. Maddie Olivieta to talk about her character Luana in the film. So this film, My Drywall Cocoon, is this is something I say, but it's true. Uh, I have no idea what to expect from this film. I read the synopsis, and it's about this 17-year-old girl, Virginia, who has a birthday party, and something tragically goes wrong throughout this birthday party, and it turned from a, a day of celebration to a day of mourning. And it's very, it's very tragic, but it's also very sad. And I think what Caroline, what you do with this film is you, you talk a bit, I think a lot about Brazilian um, society and like the sexism, misogyny, violence, as well as colorism and racism. And we'll definitely get into all of that. But as usual, I like my guests to say a bit about themselves first. So we'll begin with Caroline and then we'll go to Mary. So Caroline, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you become a filmmaker? and a writer because I know this is your third feature film but it's your first internationally released feature mm -hmm. film correct yes it's correct first of all what I wanted to thank you to be here and be able to talk to your audience uh, we are very happy because that's uh, a very personal film to me and it's it's my first uh, personal, intimate, uh, independent film. Uh, the first one I have the opportunity to write, direct, and co-produce. And and uh, you asked me when I wanted to, when I decided to be a filmmaker. And I it was when I was a teenager. So uh, I believe that movie it was one that I wanted to do since that mm. time when I was. Uh, 15 years old and now I'm 37 so it, it's been a while and uh, when we do a movie like that that is very intimate uh, we are very anxious about being selected to some festival that we can show to the world and talk about uh, the issues we bring and I think this one uh, we are very happy because of that because South by Southwest is a festival that talk to the youth uh, talk to a very great and and, and very great uh, public and we are going to have that chance to discuss these issues that as you said go from Brazilian society to the new generations mm. and for you Mary um, talk a bit about yourself how did you become an actress and you um, started working with Caroline for this film because your character she goes through quite a bit in this film but talk a bit about how you became an actress first so, hi, thank you so much for having us. We're very happy with this movie. I became an actress, actually, I was a dancer for 10 years of my life until someone and came to me and said, you got something, you should do acting or something like that. And then I started working and never stopped. I went to a lot of festivals. I started with Chomikli from Anita Rocha de Silveira in the Venice Festival. And then... And the 2021, we went to the Cannes Festival with Medusa, um, mm. also from Anita Rocha da Silveira. And here I am. I never stopped working, and I'm very happy with that. That's my life, and I'm so passionate about it. And with Caroline, I don't remember. I think it was a test. Someone called me, and then I, I, can't, I can't remember, actually. <laughs> I think it was a test. And we were uh, knowing each other, and... Uh, we've been through two phases, right? And then <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I, I have I have watched Mari in her first feature, and I was very impressed with with her acting and how natural she was on scene. So when she came to do the test, I was already very happy that she 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 was willing to to try the character. <laughs> Okay, um, so I just want to explain. So sometimes if you see me looking down, it's because I'm just looking at my notes on my phone. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> um, okay, so you talked about the test and the audition. Can you talk about the uh, about Maddie's audition 
for Luana, what was it you were looking for in Luana as a character? And then what was it that about Mary that she had that you said, okay, this is who I see Luana as? Uh, I believe for all the actors, when I, I'm trying to select them, I always think uh, actors that can uh, lend, uh, lend uh, a little bit of themselves to the character, you know, because mm -hmm. I really want to have like a very sincere uh, acting you know, because I, I believe uh, it can connect better to the audience. And I could see that in Mari. She was very sincere. She was very open. Uh, and she has like a kind of acting that I like that it some that is very subtle, you know, mm -hmm. and but at the same time, her eyes say a lot. <laughs> and I think that's precious. And she's also another thing that I, I always look for. She's a very good partner because we need to have like this partnership collaboration to create together. And it was great when I, when I saw her, her test, her audition. I, I believe I didn't have any doubts. Uh, at, the, at the time I saw, uh, I, I show people and I say, oh, I believe it's her. <laughs> mm. And Can go I ahead, Mary. Something I just thought now. Uh, I think there's something that you saw on me that I didn't know. It's that Luana has a thing that is a confidence, but it's actually not. <laughs> and I think I feel a little bit like that because it's something that you have to, you you need to have because of the world and because uh, of what I look like. So you have to be confident. And I think Luana is that person, but deep down she's not. And I think that's where we need each other me and the character i never thought about that i just <laughs> i just thought yeah that's the thing about um but i think not only about luana but i think about this film in general like all of the characters on the exterior on the outside they look like they have everything together you know like they're living in this um high class condominium they which means they have money like this is a big party and like they there you can tell like the film is very um uh, interior in that it takes place within just the walls of this condominium so we don't get to see their lives outside but you get the sense that these are people who are very um who put on a lot of performances when they go outside you know they they want to impress everyone around them they want to impress like they're even they want to impress themselves and they even want to impress their closest friends like even for um like in particular the, the characters of Luana and Virginia played by Bella Piero like they are in competition to me I saw them as being constantly in competition with each other like they're supposed to be best friends but me being uh like not only being female but I went to an all-girls secondary school back home in Barbados so I know how girls can be very catty and very um mean like like girls I think are like I think a lot of people don't understand unless you are surrounded by girls especially teenage girls don't understand how vicious teenage girls can be and I see that in, and I saw that in Luana and Virginia like they know exactly where to hit each other to hurt you mm -hmm. know they but they also know how to build each other up so I want you um, I want both of you not to talk about these particular characters because to me the film is about a lot about relationships between mother and daughter which is Virginia and her mother and Patricia but then also the re relationship between Luana and Virginia like they are the two biggest um, relationships because everything revolves around these girls and they have this, this, it's, it's very heartbreaking to see because like, to me, I think one of the most painful experiences I've ever had is when I've had breakups with friends, you know, like people don't think like, oh, you can't have a breakup with a friend. Like, yeah, you do. Like you have breakups with your, with your best friends, with female friends. And I saw that in this film. So I want you, Caroline, to talk about writing, constructing these female relationships in this film. And then we'll talk about the relationship between Virginia and Luana. It's interesting that you said that because for me, when I was a teenager, was also uh, a big problem too. Uh, I think I have more suffering when I, I have a fight with my friends, my best friends, than um, with a with a guy. And what I believe that we we are fighting against, but also it's very common that we have our friends that it is uh, our security but also it is uh, our pain. And because we are constantly uh, trying to, to show off 
uh, a way of life, a way of living our bodies and whatever. And, and I, we think we are against someone, against something. Uh, and what I think about uh, the two characters, Mari and Bellas, is that they are their friend. They truly are their friend. Uh, they want to live together in this other city uh, outside because there, there's, there's also this, uh, this thing they dream of to be outside the, those walls uh, because Brazil, I can talk that later, uh, we have a lot of walls that separates the classes mm -hmm. and they are trying to find a way out uh, but they can't because of the parents, because of how society want to treat them as a higher class and, and they need each other to be strong but they are also uh, they think they need to be against each other also uh, to have a little bit of uh, more strength, uh, inner strength. And, and what I see, I, I don't want to give answers. Uh, I want to leave more questions. Uh, we don't know if they like each other. They might like, but we don't know if they are provoking each other too. Uh, it's a, and I think we don't have to have that answer because nowadays uh, we know there our sexuality can be fluid. We can uh, have relationships that are affectionate and sexual at the same time, but not always we know how to deal with that. Uh, and I think they are navigating uh, these doubts together. And sometimes, so we, we actually don't know if they are, uh, and I don't want to have the answer that they are fighting because both of them, like Nicholas, they are fighting, not fighting, but they, they have this provoking state because they are jealous of each other uh, individually or if they like each other and they don't know how to demonstrate that. So I believe I try to leave that in the air. Hmm. And for you, Mary, how did you read the relationship? Like when you um, had the, when you got the script and like you already, you were testing for this character, you're auditioning for her. But then when you got the script, what were the, what was, what was it about Luana that you were like, like you said that you, you didn't even think about the confidence about how she kind of like puts on a facade of confidence until Caroline mentioned it just now. But if you didn't pick up on the confidence during um, audition and even during filming, what was it in um, Luana that saw that you saw that you said, this is a character I would like to play, but also perhaps that you saw within yourself? I think the main thing is just think about the confidence because I think we look a lot like each other as the, uh, especially about here in Brazil, as a black woman, the thing about being raised by a white family is a very hard thing because you don't know yourself. You don't see yourself in other person. You don't know how to, how to look the best version of yourself. You don't have a lot of persons to look up to. And Luana is this person, and I think I was that person too, especially when I was a teenager, because I was raised by my white part of the family. Mm -hmm. And that brings me a lot of less, I think it's less of confidence uh, in all my teenager life, and still, I'm still dealing with this. <laughs> so that was, that was a thing. And I also felt a lot... Um, how do I say I felt uh, protected by, by Caroline and by this director that is a woman? I think I, I, I think I, if it was another time of my life, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take this part. But I felt protected by her. And I, I, I remember I said to myself, I think it's time to deal with that. Because she has that sexual thing that, uh, uh, that is a problem for me that I wouldn't want to talk about if it was another person, if it was written by another person. But I know I was with a good cast that supported me a lot, a lot. And I was with a good director. So I was like, okay, I think it's time to talk about it, to, to see this with me as an actress and, and to use that for a character. Mm. And I think that's the thing about this uh, films like this, not only um, my dry walk cocoon, but also films that speak a lot um, to female experiences, especially young female experiences, whether it's about discovering sexuality 
our relationships with mothers and best friends and even with um, the males and their like their fathers, their friends or their boyfriends is um, a lot of I think the important thing usually for these kind of films is like when not only is that the director is female, but also the writer is female. Like for you, Carolyn, you wrote this film and you directed it. So like for a film like this, like even if it was written by a woman, um, and if it and directed by a man, the, it would be very different, you know. Like the, you can tell when a writer of a film is female, but and the director is male, and the, the male directors don't get how women interact with each other. Like there's very few male directors that I know of that and that actually can direct female characters very well or write them very well. Like one of my favorite character directors is Partanuk, and one of the reasons I like him as a director and as a writer is that he, um, he, when you watch his films, like, you can tell that he understands women and that he listens to women. And usually that's because like, his, co- his co-writer for almost all of his films is a woman. And he gives her a lot of, and she has most of the input in the storylines and how they're portraying the female characters. But then when you look, especially for a lot of Western <laughs> male directors, they don't understand women, you know? They don't understand girls, you know? They look at it they, you, and you can tell when they don't listen to the women in their lives, you can tell when they don't understand or pay attention to the, like, even their, if they have daughters or nieces or grandmothers or sisters or whatever, they don't pay attention and it comes through in the films. And for a film like this, like you're saying, Mary, like you, you have to feel protected on set. You know, you have to feel protected by the director and to know that if you don't feel comfortable that the director is going to listen to you, right? Especially for the characters of Luana, like she does, like, um, like there's some scenes that that could take people about like there's the scene of cutting when she starts to cut but then mm-hmm. also there's her and um, this scene with Virginia where it's like it's almost like they're exploring their sexuality they're like are we sexually attracted to each other you know or is this just a, a version of the of their jealousy you know because there are people that say oh they're they're queer or they're lesbian or whatever but for me I kind of read it as like more about asserting dominance I didn't see it really as being a sexual experience. I saw it more as a dominant, as a as a way for both of them to assert dominance over each other because they're so struggling um, in the jealousy in the relationship, you know, like because that scene I thought was very interesting it happens right um, right after they're like discussing going to this uh, is it Floriopolis and they're like and Luana isn't listening to Virginia. Virginia saying I want to go with you, but my mom says I can't. You know, and Luana isn't understanding that, like, Virginia might be a rebellious teen, quote unquote, but she still pays attention to her mother. She still listens. But Luana doesn't get that. So I thought that scene was really interesting to come right after that discussion. And not only that, I thought it was really interesting where Mary puts on the bikini that she gifted um, Virginia. And yeah. I was like, you're going to go put on this, this, this bathing suit that you gifted this girl for her birthday and you're putting it on. I'm what <laughs> and I thought that for me was I have like, I, I a twin sister and we still we're 39 years and we still squabble we still fight about wearing each other's clothes so when I saw Luana uh, putting on the baby suit I was just like girl I'm like you got some animosity going on up in there so I want you Karen, for you Mike, to talk about this because and I think that's where a lot of nuances from especially male directors even male audiences they're not going to catch the nuances of a scene like that, like how that one scene says so much about their di- their dynamic as as a, as friends and as girls. I'm like, you putting on this other girl's bathing suit and like having this whole intense discussion, but you're just like, oh, like, and they're talking about body image and that kind of stuff. And like that said, that scene says so much to me. So, Carrie, why don't we talk about that scene? There, there's a lot of scenes we're, we're going to discuss, but for that one is one of my favorite scenes because they're just like layers upon layers. In yeah. That- <laughs> And that's wonderful when we have like great actors like like Maddie and Bella that could contribute to make uh, this discussion really real uh, and and show these layers because mm-hmm. uh, the idea is, is all of them are not secure. Uh, with their own lives, uh, in the sense that. Uh, Mari's character, Luana, she's trying to find uh, a place to herself mm-hmm. because uh, not like Virginia that supposedly has a structured family watching from outside, Luana doesn't. And the 
the condom with uh, this little organism, this microcosm that they live, uh, know that. And for her, it's difficult because her, she has to be her mother's mother because mm-hmm. her mother has a depression that is for a long time. And, and that way we see that Luana is trying to, to find in Virginia's family a place to herself too. You know, uh, she finds in Virginia's maids, she finds, she, she's trying to find uh, some, uh, some affection. And that's why she talks about her father and she makes stories about her father because she wants to believe in that stories. Uh, and so going to this other city to study for Luana, it, it's, it really is a matter of life and death. She, she needs to get out. And when Virginia tells her, no, uh, I, I can't go with you, it, it, it's a betrayal. It's a, it's a very great betrayal to her. And when she puts the bikini for me, it, it, it's a symbol that uh, I wanna, uh, it, because I study psychoanalysis uh, and I was studying psychoanalysis <laughs> at the time. And so for me, there was a lot of symbolism. She's trying, putting her bikini, Virginia, she, yeah. gave, uh, she gave to Virginia's so they can, uh, they can accomplish that dream or going to this beach city that is, that has like this university and Virginia can go. So, okay, so now I'm going to, steal this bikini from you because you don't deserve that bikini. You don't deserve that place that, that I'm trying to share with you, my dream that I'm trying to share with you. Uh, so that's that's the symbolism. At the same time, there is all this discussion about body image that for us women, uh, uh, it's something that we are always dealing with. Hmm. Uh, and there's a thing about this scene. I love it too. And the, uh, going back to the thing about competition, you were you were talking about at the beginning. I I just watched the movie for the for the first time yesterday. And there's a thing that came to me in the scene that was, as a teenager, everything hurts so much. And there's a thing that you know things, but I know better. Your mm-hmm. life sucks, but mine sucks harder. You know, your mom is boring. My mom can't even take a shower alone. So they are competing all the time. And there's a thing about sex that is that, uh, that they have so much intimacy that I think that, uh, that bumps into that, that thing about sex that the woman that I think, uh, uh, there's a thing about these two girls that they look up for each other. I mean, they take care of each other and they love each other. And especially because they love each other, that things hurt, hurts most, you know? So I was just thinking about that thing about competition that you were talking about at the beginning. And this scene for me, is the perfect image of the teenage things and how we are always competing with each other and how everything hurts so much, but my things always hurt most. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. Um, there's something I used to say all the time, and I is um, so I remember I, I used to have arguments with my mom all the time about this, and even with my sister. And um, and like what you were saying, Mary, um, where there's like there are people in pain, and like everyone has their own traumatic experiences or their own painful experiences, and like no, like people may know or may have an idea, but they're not you, so they can't experience it. And I always say, don't try to make my mountain your molehill. Meaning don't try, don't, like, it may seem like a molehill to you, but this is my mountain, you know, it's, this, is a, this is a challenge that I have to go over. To. This is something that's big to me because there are people who will try to diminish other people's pains, you know, or they try to compete with pain. Like there's some people say it's like oppression Olympics, but it's like, like you're saying, Mary, like, uh, you're like, you're, you're having a traumatic experience, but my experience is more traumatic. Like, you know, like Virginia looks like all, all and, and the thing is, is like, as well as Luana knows Virginia, she still doesn't know Virginia as well as she thinks she does. You know, she still like she doesn't understand that Virginia is putting on a facade. You know, like like there's something, and it was so. And I like as a film progressed, it just made me want to hug Virginia. I hug both of these girls. Where Virginia is prepping for this party, she has the conversation with with um, with Patricia, and there's these marks that are on her shoulder. It just looks like a little mole at first. And then as the night progresses and as things start to 
go wrong. The marks get bigger and bigger. They turn from a little mark to a scratch to like a gray. So then, and then they just become these big, open, festering wounds all over her shoulders and her chest. And it kind of matches up with what happened with Luana later on in the film. But I thought to me, it kind of like symbolized not only the relationship between Luana and Virginia, where Luana thinks she knows everything about Virginia, but also how the people around Virginia doesn't pay her enough attention. You know, mm-hmm. like they're just seeing this girl who's like, who looks like she has everything put together. Her mother is, um, I, her mother to me seems like someone who suffers from anxiety, where the smallest thing is going to set her off. You know, and so Virginia has to try to put on this this uh, this appearance of like the t- perfect teenage daughter for her mother and her and her father, but she has these wounds. And for the audience, they're visible for the audience. You know, like we the audience can see, but the people in the party, the people around her, can't see them. And it broke my heart how as the film progresses, I'm like, no one ever says anything about these these bruises. No one mentions them. And the same thing happens with Luana when she starts cutting her thighs and she has on these shorts. And I'm like, there's no way that no one can't see these, these marks on her skin, but they get ignored. No one mentions them. And the only marks in the film that I actually thought that got mentioned, and this is one that I had, I was upset about it, but I understood where you're going, Carolina, is um, I'm looking at is um, the character of um, Nicholas played by um, Michelle Joelas, and he he has bruises on his body, and this is from his own person, his his father abusing him. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is, like people can see these bruises. His bruises are remarked upon, but the bruises that the girls have, the scars the girls have, no one remarks on that. No one brings them up. So talk about that because that one that was one of the heaviest things about the film for me. How like these girls are in visible pain, and no one is acknowledging it. Not even each other. Like they aren't even saying each, anything about it for uh, for themselves. Uh, Virginia's wounds, they, they were probably uh, uh, intentionally uh, not visible to the others. It's a metaphor to her internal pain. But what we, I, I wanted, it's exactly that that you are saying, that the audience feels like, why no one is coming about her, uh, her wounds? Uh, because they are not seen, uh, and that's the problem. No one is seeing her wounds, but the other characters, uh, and that's also intentionally, they have wounds that they are physically, uh, mm-hmm. they are physical. So uh, Luana has cut herself. She cuts herself. She has this, uh, this how do you say that? Uh, this scars. Scars. That, yeah. Yeah. From when she's cutting herself. Uh, Nick. Um, the mother, you know, Patricia, she she has like a uh, wrestling done here because when her husband slaps her, so and it's getting worse by mm-hmm. the time too. Uh, and Nicholas ha- has these wounds there from his father, uh, and that's because it, it's something most of people say, ah, but isn't that something that? Uh, we already are over it. No, here in Brazil, and we saw that in this past government, uh, mm-hmm. how much the LGBT community was uh, was again much more uh, hurt and persecuted. Uh, starting at home, uh, because we had like this uh, new masculine, uh, this uh, toxic masculinity that came again very strong uh, with the last government, mm-hmm. because many men uh, they were they they felt they have like the power again because they are resonating the former president that we have to beat your your gay son. You you have to treat women like that. You, okay, and tons of racist stuff like uh, black women are like that. And so that that pres- the ex president, the former president, used to say that. And and it's scary how a uh, great part of the society was feeling free to say that too. So when I was showing Nicholas' father, he represents that. He represents that uh, upper class that felt free to speak their misogynist, racist, homophobia. Uh, so 
so each of them have like some some scarf some wound but virginia has something that inner that internal and and that's something I, i talk about how we need to look for that Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. Sometimes uh, people are hiding that, but that's something that it's growing, it's growing, it's growing to a point that the person cannot escape anymore. Hmm. Mm, for you, Mary, like, um, because what Luna, Luana is going through, like a lot of it comes from, I think, stemming from guilt. Like she feels this guilt with what happens to Virginia. And she thinks that, She's the one who caused Virginia's death because of the pills. And it's not only, I think for her, when she begins cutting, because cutting is a physical sign of um, psychological trauma. Like a lot of people who who do begin cutting do it as a, they, they need, from what I've read and from like interviews and stuff that I've watched, they do it because they need a, a physical release. Like they, and they, and it's not that they take joy from the cutting but like this is like a moment of release for them but it's also a way of inflicting punishment on themselves and I see that in Luana like she's punishing herself for what happened to Virginia and she's also I think punishing herself because of her mother's situation because she you she hates her mother she loves her mother but she also hates her because she's she's just a teenager. She's a child and she's responsible for looking after her mother. Like you said, like she's her mother's mother, you know. And so she has all of this pressure of a teenager being the only a person around her mom who has to look after her mom. She has to bathe her, feed her, make sure she takes her medication. So she has all of that stress, all of that trauma. But then we, it's discovered um, stuff is I'm not going to completely but stuff is discovered about nicholas and i thought that the points where we the audience are showing where she's cutting her stuff are very interesting because they involve nicholas as well because she sees things that nicholas does so for you like playing this character and playing for these these are traumatic scenes like how do you as an actress process not only the emotions of luana but also for what she's doing to herself because as an actress like i know i always ask actress actors and actresses this because like how do you not internalize these particular aspects of the character like how do you go through preparing for a scene like that and then like like what are the discussions you and caroline had for these particular scenes well thank god i think i'm very good person to leave things in the room uh in the rehearsal room Mm -hmm. and the the main thing was we really were in that safe space oh i think i just remembered there was a very responsible thing that Caroline did about the movie that was for the first time in my life we had a psychologist mm-hmm. while uh, in the whole process and that never happened in my life and I uh, I've been through movies girl that was like really hard to do but uh, and that was the first time we had that support so I think that uh, there was the thing there was this safe place where we can let things there here's the here's this place where I feel pain where I feel vulnerable and it's okay to feel like that in this space. When I leave this place, I'm not alone. I have this good cast and I have this good crew that, that is with me. And I have this psychologist that is responsible for me just for this process. So when we left the room, we went to the psychologist for the first time. And I said a phrase in this, in this place, the, the psychologist. Everyone was like, yes, please talk about it. Let's talk about it. It's hurting and everyone, let's talk about it. So it was a very special place because we, um, we were hurting each other for these characters, but we were also healing together. And I think that was a very responsible way to do things because usually you hurt yourself and you go home and you deal with that uh, later. But no, there was a very responsible process. And for me, there's a thing about Luana that is, uh, I want to feel something more painful than this uh, inside thing. So that's why this leads for the physical thing. That was the the thing I I found for myself to explain why she's hurting herself, why it's hurting so much. And I think that in her life, there's a thing about the mom, there's a thing about the, the... her body and how the, the these old men in the in the condominium looking at her and every and this thing is a very hurtful thing 
Um, and there's a thing with the friends. The, uh, I think that is, there's a platonic thing with Nicholas uh, or just for the possibility of someone like her and this relationship of both of them is something that you look up to. There's a lot of personal things, but uh, um, I think it's that about the process. It was a very responsible thing. I wasn't left alone, crying in the streets. <laughs> I was. I had support all the time. It was a very easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And how important was that for you, Caroline? Like you mentioned, um, psychologists, and like even for there's like I had mentioned before, um, one of my favorite directors is Park Chanuka. And one of the other reasons I really like him is he has intimacy coordinators on his films. Like one of the films he did, um, uh, the Handmaid's Still, he was one of the first, um, I think, or he was perhaps the first South Korean director who had a intimacy coordinator on his set. And the reason he had an intimacy coordinator is because like they were very there are scenes like in the like what you have in your film where you have these two characters who are engaging not only in sexually um, intense situations, but also emotionally intense situations. And I'm so happy to hear that you had a psychologist on set because not only for the not only I think because of what was happening, but also your cast is the majority of your cast is very young. You know, like most of these characters um, are are teenagers or, you know, are very are young adults. I'm so happy to hear that you had that. So for you. In particular, not only having it for the traumatic, let me say the traumatic scenes that the characters are playing, but that you mentioned, and this is where I want to get into this too, because like this is something that also hits close home for me too, is the racism and the misogyny that is um, exhibited in this film, and not only in the film, but um, and I know Brazil society is very colorist and it's very anti-black and very racist and a lot of people who aren't familiar with Brazilian society are just like you know are 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 no people from Brazil like I know people who are Brazilian and I and I know a little bit about the culture and I know about the colorism there and the um, racism there and your film you don't make it explicit which I think is important like it's not explicit but if you read between the lines if you see it like you like I, me, being a dark-skinned Black woman, I've, I've encountered racism, I've encountered anti-Blackness, I've encountered colorism. And like Luana is the darkest person in the entire cast in the film, right? There's her, and then there's the other, um, there's the, the maid, um, Sil- um, Silma, and she, and I think is very subtle how you have, like, one is the housekeeper, who's the housekeeper for Virginia and Patricia, and then you have Luana, who is struggling with her place in this in this group, you know, in this society. Like she doesn't live in the condominium, you know. She lives at home with her mom. She's like financially not secure, but she's still again putting on this facade. And like, how do you like? How do I say this? Like when you add because you're white, but like you as you're you're white and you're dealing with cat with situations that you are you are intimately familiar with colorism. You aren't intimately f- familiar with racism in the fact that is you haven't had it. You haven't had to experience it, but mm-hmm. listening to Mary and of course, Mary being black, she understands that aspect of the film. She understands what Luana is going through. And she, and like from just the things that Luana says in the film, like you can tell that she's struggling with feeling with the, confidence of being as a black a black girl in this society you know not only this condominium but just in brazilian society as well and like for you like when you were writing the script and when you when you were deciding this is like like just like the wounds on virginia you wanted to make it subtle you know Mm -hmm. but it still has to be present for the audience to pick up on it so like how when you were writing luana's character and silma's silmara's character when you said i want to make this about racism I want to make this about um, colorism in Brazilian society and the classism. How did you go about structuring that in the film so that you, you know, like you're saying, I, as a white woman, (laughs) I'm writing about this, but I still have to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence as the creator. Uh, I'll start to, with this question. Uh, For me, I'm white. I'm, I grew up in a middle-class family. I grew up in in a condom in a condom life because mm. it was not like it is today. Uh, but I, I grew up in a private school uh, with friends that live in condoms, not as 
high upper class how they are today like this one but also they have walls and you cannot see in those places uh black kids black teenagers and the only black people you see they were people who are working uh, mm. for school or working at a home or working on those condoms uh, because I, I grew up in a very uh, in a school that uh, it's progressive and think about these issues uh, I was questioning that when I was a teenager also I know my friends most of my friends weren't but I was uh, and then I, I realized <laughs> we, we know but in today it's different but uh, in that time when we talk about, we, we used to talk in a different way. Uh, I had a, a housekeeper who grew, who grew up with me, who was black. And my family was to say, oh, she's like the family. She's not. We know that. And when I was to, in film school, uh, I knew her daughter who was the same age that I was also loved films, uh, but she didn't have this opportunity to go to a film school like I did. She was working already. And, and what did she do? Uh, she started being extra in, in, in film sets, which we know they are the lowest payments. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was something that really uh, was bothering me. Uh, but as a white woman, it's difficult to me to talk uh, from, a, from a place that uh, it's not superficial. So what I did was I, I had like a, a very good friend, amazing filmmaker. Uh, her name is also Carol. <laughs> and, and she grew up with me. She was like, uh, she had like a scholarship to the same school that I had today. She's great filmmaker one of the voices of black cinema in brazil and and she she collaborated with me in the script she wasn't one of the people who would make uh a, a, i don't know script doctoring for the for the mm. film uh looking to this in at this place uh because she had this the this living experience too besides being a sociologist a filmmaker uh, who has all the tools to do the script doctor she's also was the uh the light color skin uh, black woman also bisexual now lesbian uh that grew up in in a in a, in a microcosm of the private school, all white. Mm -hmm. And so we talk a lot about that. And, and she gave me ways, uh, was indicating me what kind of things uh, Mary's character could say, uh, what kind of pain she would have in, the, in that place. And, and then when I was doing the cast and uh, talking to Mary, and she was very generous to talk about her life. And she was sharing to me that her experience was very close to Luana's experience. So we used to talk a lot about that because I need to listen. Uh, I need to, to learn. Uh, it's not Mary's uh, responsibility to teach me. No, we got to go after uh, to learn. But she was very generous to share her living with me. And so we are putting all this uh, very uh, real uh, experiences in the movie. And it, it is how it is in Brazilian society to the day. If you go to these buildings, we were shooting in a real complex. We you don't see uh, black kids. You don't see black teenagers, black, black families. You only see black workers. Uh, and they come from the service entrance and they go out from the service entrance like uh, they cannot show they are there. And that hurts a lot when we are in a society that we want to change. We want to, to be changed. And so that's why... And, and I thought it was important to talk about because I think uh, it, it makes more obvious to the audience it's a white place. It's a white place and that's not healthy. Uh, we gotta do something. So that was the intention 
And regarding the other question that it's about uh, the set process and to work with psychologists, uh, I have been uh, showing the scripts, also doing some script doctoring with psychiatrists, psychologists, um, great mind, uh, minds from Brazilian Academy think, that think about uh, those issues, especially with you. And so they, they were there in the script, uh, they were in the set, and they were in, in the cutting and the montage process. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never, because I know uh, I need to be responsible to talk about these issues, uh, and I wanted to have more than one vision about this. So I probably had like uh, some five seven psychologists uh, working and talking about the film and giving me feedback that was listening and trying to uh, to make the best possible to treat the issue. And as a, a director that worked professionally like 10 years in the in this business, I, I saw a lot of toxic, toxic, toxic things happening in set. Uh, I saw a lot of misogynism in set. I saw uh, a lot of things that I don't like and that I want to change. So when I have the opportunity to have my process, uh, I feel that it's independent, that uh, I have the responsibility to care about those lives who are there. Uh, I want to care in, in a right way because I might be doing something to them, I don't know, in the rehearsal room or in the set that might hurt them. And they need to have someone to talk about that. And they have to be, uh, they have to feel secure to say, mm, I don't like what Carol did uh, without being fear. Uh, so I think that was also the, the proposition, having a psychology uh, on the set, on the process, because she was there if they want to call, they could call. I know nowadays, uh, I guess one year from now in Brazil, we have like intimate coordinators. Uh, we are having like this, uh, this person from mostly the streamings that you can contact and talk about issues that you might have. Uh, but I, I thought we could do that independent cinema too. And because they talk to me, because when we start rehearsal, they, they were try, they were talking about things that we thought, mm, we fought together. Maybe it's good to have someone they can access. And, and then I, I told the, the crew too, there is this person, you guys can also access, mm -hmm. access this person and talk to this person if you want to. And it was a great experience. Now, I'm honestly so glad to hear that, especially, I think it should be a standard across the board for, for film, just like internationally, but especially for films like this, which does deal with a lot of um, very heavy topics like like there's we like the thing about the film and this i don't think this will be considered a spoiler because that i just said at the beginning like it kind of leaves things open for interpretation for the audience and because even for the characters at the end they still don't even really know what happened to virginia like luana still doesn't know if virginia committed suicide if it was an accidental overdose we don't know and i think that's the thing about um about situations like this because unfortunately there's a lot of people who especially for young people and young women who sadly who die and like sadly we don't know if they if they do die from an accident overdose if it was intentional or not you know and like for a film like this you you I I think you did a fantastic job tackling a whole bunch of topics <laughs> and you tied them around this one situation because like, we, like we've talked about the um classism we've talked about the racism and colorism and also about the jealousy and the female relationships. But the other thing about this film is the misogyny. Like the misogyny, and you like you're talking about the toxic masculinity that's prevalent everywhere. It's not only just in Brazilian society, it's like everywhere. And like on and it's so sad that me as a woman and coming from the Caribbean and then living here, like I'm so familiar with the behavior that is exhibited exhibited by the male characters in this film not only the older generation but the younger ones too because young men young teenage men young men are can be extremely misogynistic and extremely violent and they, they there's something that is very similar in um and 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 
I thought it was kind of interesting and they're similar, but kind of desperate in like Luana and Nicholas where they push people's boundaries. You know, they, they don't know how to back off. Like, you know, they like, like they don't know when to stop. Like people have to keep saying stop, stop, stop. And they don't listen, but it's for two different reasons. I think for Luana, it's like, she wants attention and she's feeling like she doesn't belong. So she's, she, so she pushes people's buttons so she can get them to look at her. Whereas for Nicholas, he pushes people's buttons because he likes to see fear. You know, he likes to see them be uncomfortable. And he does it a lot with Luana as well, Virginia. And there's a scene involving a gun. Like I wanted to reach through the screen and smack him and snatch that gun out of him because I'm like, she. this girl is terrified. But the, the other thing about that film is like, the other thing about that scene in particular is how men, intimate, part, intimate partner violence is, happens amongst young people as well. You know, like I think society in general doesn't pay enough attention to attention to domestic violence in young relationships. You know, when they think about domestic violence and intimate partner relationships, um, they think only adults, you know, they don't think that it happens in teenage relationships, but they do. And you put that into the film. And I think how the way you just like made everything work together, how you tackle all these all these conversations, I think was fantastic. So applause for that. Um, because he because honestly, and I, I think it's the brilliant thing you did is you show how they're actually all interconnected. Like the violence from Nicholas's father perpetuated within him and in all his other relationships with other men and his friend, really the relationship with Gabriel and then the relationship with Virginia and relationship with Luana. Like, and even with Luana's, um, even with Virginia's mother, Patricia, we saw him, this, this interesting di- dynamic between them. But in speaking about the violence, and this is something I do have to mention because it is, it is such a big part of the film, I think in a very subtle way. Um, and I think because a lot of these things go hand in hand, like the gun, the access to guns, you know, like um, here in Canada, we do, like gun laws are more strict than they are in the States. But like, I think what you did in this film, especially for international audiences, you would show like the access to guns. Um, is very easy there because like the gun that there's the gun that we see is Virginia's father's gun and he's a judge and like as you mentioned you were talking about the politics and how like the politicians and judges and police officers are very misogynistic and like how the government influenced that behavior in them but then you talk but the, and I think it's, it happens in a one line one line of dialogue but it talks about how easy it is to obtain guns there because Nick, because Nicholas talks about having being familiar with handling a gun you know, and he talks about he knows how to use a gun. And that 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 one line may seem like a throwaway line, but I think it said a lot about him and about his life and like Brazilian society where you have a teenager who is intimately familiar with handling a gun, but is also from and but is also comfortable with using it to uh, against this person that he's supposed to be in a relationship with, you know, and especially in a sexual situation. Like he's using it to like, you know, it force her to do um he's sexually assaulted her and in his mind he's not looking at that as sexual assault but that is what it is so talk a bit about that because that scene is shocking but it also kind of broke my heart because that's also where is in my mind is telling me that virginia herself was probably abused by nicholas more than once and this isn't the first time he's done something like this it may be the first time he used a gun but it's not the first time he used violence with her in sex yeah and uh, it's for me it, it I love all those characters. I have like this, uh, this, uh, how to say, I think if we're, we are filmmakers and we don't have love for our characters, it's very difficult to make them real. And when I see the film, I know I, I can see their monstrosity as part of uh, a society. They grew like that, but I can see also they can have, a, they can find a way out of that. Mm. And so I, I, I look to this monstrosity, uh, me particular, uh, with, uh, with a caring way to, because I, I wanted to feel loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I always start from there. And, and I believe like both characters, both actors, they did like a great job in those scene, in that scene. Uh, we work a lot in the rehearsal room and we talk a lot about that scene. And we have we did some uh, some experimental things with that uh, to be prepared to the day in the set. Uh, and the idea when I was building uh, Nicholas, uh, 
he always say something that it, it was a joke. I was kidding. He always said that. And I'm like, Be- it's not a joke, my guy. How is that a joke? Like, no. really? <laughs> but he, he, he grew up listening that from his father. Oh, it's just a joke. Bah. Oh, no, it was a joke. And probably his father was very homophobic and very misogynist and always saying it was a joke. I'm mm-hmm. kidding. Uh, and and he tried he reproduced that uh i don't know if american canadian and other audiences they they are particularly familiar with what brazil have been through in those last four years uh but we had like a uh, a government was very similar uh to the trumpism to president trump we have a president uh who, who was trying to imitate trump Mm-hmm. And he was trying to imitate uh, in everything, from the fake news to uh, being uh, uh, trying to, and he did, uh, facilitate the access to gun uh, and saying things that are mis- misogynist, being proud of saying things that are misogynist, homophobic, racist. And, and what is scared that just for years, people... Uh, part of the society became proud of saying those things too, because when they see in the present uh, saying things like that, they think, okay, now I can see, I can say that too. And you guys who are progressive cannot say, cannot uh, tell me that it's racism, it's misogynist, uh, it's homophobia. No, it's my opinion. And that happened. Now we are starting a process of changing that again with the new government that we have. And but that happened. Uh, so when we see Nicolas' father, uh, he's this figure. He is like uh, from the army and now he has a political career and he's pro-gun. And Nicolas, so when he said, oh, I, I, I know how to deal with gun. Uh, and what I think about Virginia and what I think about many women uh, that we are, sometimes we don't know that our pleasure doesn't have to be the man's pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, because we we want the porn. It's in a very violent way. Uh, I also know, studying psychoanalysis, uh, that we have some triggers that come from our childhood, that come the way we were raised. That we can also be excited by that. But that was triggered that we we had because of the society we, we were raised on. And but that trigger easily change to know I don't want that anymore and she says I don't want that anymore it's it start fun but it's not anymore stop and he does not stop uh, and he can easily change from oh that's something that's a fantasy to that's a violence and it and I wanted to discuss that when it's a fantasy when you uh, you have to be aware when it's not anymore, when it became abuse, when it's now a violence. And he's not. For him, it's all the same. And maybe Virginia doesn't know either because mm-hmm. she, uh, we, we can deduce, we can think that she, she has been growing up with her parents who are also uh, her mother in, in different ways of Nicolas' mother, but uh, also put in a place that is more submissive to the judge, her parent, her father, that she, uh, in a few lines, uh, demonstrated that she doesn't like that, that she is not okay with her father. Uh, but he is that man that comes and, and solves. And, and it's very beautiful. It's a great actor who does that. Uh, there is a way, there is a point that he melts. Uh, and it's it's also beautiful to see that that guy who has to resolve in, in a very quick moment, melt. And the, so I don't know, I think uh, uh, it's a movie that, that, that try to, to tell audience, look at this. And then I hope the audience can think, hmm, maybe we have to change that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we're gonna have to wrap up now, but thank you so much to both of you for speaking with me. But before we go, I have to ask you, Mary, what was your um 
thoughts about the film? Because you said you saw it for the first, the first time yesterday, and I didn't realize that you had only just seen it before we did this interview. So, um, and like you, like you said, um, Caroline, like this is I'm the first person that is interviewing you, not written, but I'm the first uh, person. So, like thank you for that honor, but also I need to know like your thoughts on the film, Mary, like the complete. Like being in the uh, being the actor in the film is different than being the audience, you know. Like you're now seeing the pieces stitched together. You're seeing not only your scenes, but scenes that were filmed that you may not have been present for. And you're and it's giving more context to scenes that you were in and things you didn't understand. So like now that you've seen it and you've maybe had a bit more time to process, and I think you're probably going to take more time because I'm still like even as we we're speaking, I'm still thinking about things. Uh, in the film like I didn't even get to all my notes I had a whole bunch of um, notes in my phone but like there's still things little things that I'm picking up on as you guys were speaking and I was just like okay wait yeah and it's like thing so for you Mary what are your thoughts on this film <laughs> no and now after this conversation I have a whole new movie and I have to watch it again <laughs> so I can see all these new things but I have another layer that is I'm also a movie student. So I, um, while I'm watching, I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at this choice. Oh, my God, the music, all these things going on at the same time. But I was talking to Carolyn, two words for me that are responsible movie and a very elegant movie because all the choices that she made, I became a huge fan. I was a huge fan, but now I'm, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm more fan. And uh and there's a thing that there's a long time that I don't see a movie that con concludes that concludes himself, and, and so it's always uh, an open ending, and you can see what you think, and you can talk with your friends, and everyone finds your your ending. And there's a long time that I don't see a movie that concludes himself. So, and I thought that very responsible because we are talking about a heavy thing, very important thing that needs to conclude themselves you know you can leave it open for interpretation the thing uh, that you that you have to think about when it ends is just what you said these things have to stop we have to look for our teenagers we have to look up to uh to our emotional uh health we have to take care of each other we need to look up for each other especially after the pandemic times that we were so uh alone and isolated we, we need to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. So two words, elegant and responsible. I love it. I really love it. And, and I think this method, I think that it's, it's, it was very special that there's an end and there's a message. Mm. Yeah, no, it, 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 like, as you were saying, and as you were saying, like, this film has a lot of topic little heavy topics that it deals with and I and like this is going to be like South by Southwest is going to be is um international premiere and I know it's going to spark a lot of conversation and I hope it does and that people do pay attention to it even just the name of the film like my drywall cocoon at first I was like hmm. but then like, it kind of made me think like how oh, you're saying like this building um basically became a cocoon right a cocoon is something supposed to be that is supposed to be a moment of a place of metamorphosis like for a butterfly or moths but then it also made me think of how a cocoon sat. I thought of it two ways. It could be a cocoon for Luana where she's having a chance to flourish. She'll have her chance to flourish and hopefully become a butterfly after this tragic experience. But then also it kind of became a cocoon that Virginia became trapped in, you know, like, like she, she's not going to be able to leave. Like, so it sadly became kind of like her coffin but and like there's so much more I have I wanted to discuss with both of you but we don't have the time because I wanted to talk about the whole the clothing the fashion in this the, the clothing choices in this film are very specific but I would I would love to be able to speak to both of you again because I get I have many many questions and thoughts but um this is like congratulations to both of you I hope you have a good festival season and my tips to both of you pace yourself <laughs> pacing yourself during festival season is important <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yay, you too. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much, girls. It, it was an amazing talking. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, and when talk, we're here. <laughs> Are yeah. you yeah. Caroline, if you need anything else, please let me know. And now you, you can email me whenever you want. And I'll forward to the girls.
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I won't, I unfortunately will not be in Austin. I am stuck here in Toronto. So I'm covering the festival virtually. So I'm doing all of my interviews like virtually and watching everything online. But I wish I was in Austin. I wanted to go, but I couldn't make it this year. So I'm not even going to be able to meet you in person. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, yeah. But hope we see you know, other festivals. <laughs> For sure. If you're going to be at TIFF in Toronto in September, I'm going to be there because I cover TIFF every year. Oh, oh we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Bye bye. So, everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Talks. And this is one of my episodes for the 2023 South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. And today I was joined by filmmaker Caroline Fioretti, an actress. Maddie Oliveira to talk about their film My Dry Walk Cocoon. Um, I had a fantastic conversation with them. I always wish I had more time to speak to Mike, to Mike, yes, but I know I can't have them on for too long. And I also don't, you know, like sometimes I sometimes I think I don't want to make a podcast episode too long because you know, like attention spans and all that. But I appreciate them talking to me. Like they had great observations for the film and made me think about things that I hadn't even thought about or noticed in the film like this film is very layered and I think Carolina and her team the cinematography we didn't even get into talking about the cinematography the music the costume design like how everything comes together to tell a perfect story and um these characters and I think um Mary did a, fan, a fantastic job playing Luana and I'm so happy that I got to speak to her today because this character like she would be called a, a supporting character but I kind of look at this film as an ensemble cast because like each of the characters are important because they tell something they have a very specific um element to add to the story and also to the narrative and speak to Brazilian society so um I'm so happy that I got to speak to them and congratulations to both Mary and Caroline and lead act and actress Bella Piero who played Virginia Maria Luisa Mendonca who played Patricia um Michelle Jolie uh, Jola Sass, who played Nicholas, and Daniel Bothello, who played Gabriel, and Cacao Siocellar, who played um, the dad, Judge Roberto, and then there's Lina Roque, who played um, Ciamara. Like I said, like each of these characters had something very specific to say to the film, and I'm so, and I can't wait to see what people say about this film, and I'm so happy that I got to be the first person to interview them for a South by Southwest. Yay, me. <laughs> so um, you can listen to other episodes of Carolyn Talks on podcast, on ACAST and other podcast streaming sites, as well as bawaido.net. And you can listen to my coverage for the 2023 Sundance Film Festival. There as well, you can watch the video versions of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash sign Carolyn underscore Heinz. That's H-I-N-B-S. You can... um find all of my published writing as well as links to my other podcast episodes on the YouTube channel on my R3 page as A-U-T-H-O-R-Y.com slash Carolyn Hines, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. I created a TikTok channel where I post many vlog reviews of films that I screen here in Toronto. So the hashtag for those are S-H-W-H, that stands for So Here's What Happened, which is my other podcast. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok handles are Carrie CNH12, that's C-R-R-I-E-C-N-H12. Look for updates on all of my work, links to all of my published work. Um, and I think that is it. <laughs> um, so until the next episode of Carolyn Talks, everyone, stay safe. Bye. <laughs>